This podcast and following message are brought to you by The Sharing. Discover what it's like to be part of something larger than yourself, something big, something important. Located in sunny Santa Barbara, The Sharing is committed to family, virtue, righteousness, and brotherhood and sisterhood. Join now as a member of The Outer Sharing for the chance to become one of the special chosen few, a full member of The Inner Sharing. The Sharing. You will be a part. You will be different. Shall I pull up the passage that we were talking about? Uh, well, don't wait for me to say. And we're back. Welcome. Hello. Those oh, of you hi. Who yeah, stayed. we're back. Um, cool. Welcome to episode 5B. 5B? I wonder if people are like thinking of it as an A side and a B side. You know? Have people heard of A sides and B sides anymore? Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody's hipster now. That's true. Yeah, I guess all so the hipsters fine. have heard of it. But we can just call it the spoiler zone. Thanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, do we want to go back to talking about Stony Face Jake? I mean, we certainly can. I don't know how much, uh, how fruitful that will be, but. I'm Jake was to. looking pretty stony faced, which is how he looks when he's not sure if something will work. Does he continue to look stony faced when he's not sure whether something will work? That's actually In the a rest good of the question. Series? Um, I don't know. If I think so, because I think in the rest of the series, there's a lot, a lot of the Jake books are about him struggling with being a leader and presenting himself as a leader. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So you think, yes, he continues to be stony-faced. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I think he continues to look stoic, or try to look yeah, stoic. Yeah, he seems Maybe, like a stoic guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's, if that, like, changes his face from stony face. Maybe it's, like, more of a chipper stony face you know what i'm saying oh i don't think he gets more chipper well like uh because i i think of stony face as more gloomy so maybe he tries oh yeah to... all right not not chipper chipper but but closer to neutral closer to neutral yeah just showing no emotion yeah exactly. which by the way is how i think of the term stony face okay but it sounds well, like we have we a different kind the dic- of internal the, the dictionary definition okay. no it's it's showing no emotion comma gloomy so like we're both right okay so i guess showing only the emotion of whatever yeah it's webster i've had it i think it was google (laughs) (laughs) okay anyway do you think that marco continues to know jake well enough as the series progresses to be able to say like oh jake did this face which means that he was feeling this way or do you think that their relationship changes that's a that's a good question. I think to answer the first question, yes. But I think it changes from like a more of a I know what my best friend is always feeling to like oh, I've seen him do his leader thing so many times. I know now, you know, I know what it means. Yeah. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. So so it sounds like you're saying that like this sentence could still come from Marco even in yeah. book 48 or whatever yeah but it would come from a different place yeah a different a different marco a different jake i mean you know it's cliched but i have to go there wow we get so deep in the spoiler zone we're so deep all right um so i'm just gonna start from the beginning of the book all right so in that opening scene when marco there's that line where marco gets hit with a knife and he's like oh it almost hurt like haha and like nothing can touch the animorphs Mm mm-hmm 
is kind of the theme. I feel like that keeps happening in the um, opening scenes that we've been seeing. Like, they just win. Like, there's no... It's yeah. not hard, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I mentioned that, like, the opening scenes remind me of what the series would be if there were no Yurk invasion. And if this was just teens with animal powers fight crime. You know? Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, so I kind of like that there's... I like that it's a deeper story than that. Yeah, well, because I was just thinking, like, it's so easy for him to deter those punks at the beginning of the book. Yeah. But then, you know, in 20 books, they're not going to be deterring punks in the opening scene of every book. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're going to be doing more. I think, isn't there... Aren't there scenes that open on, like, crazy... Ba- I mean, sorry, aren't there books that open on crazy battle scenes with Hork-Bajir and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So it gets a little bit darker even in those, yeah, like... that's true. ...slice-of-life scenes. Yeah. I think that's 41. That opens like that, and then... And then Cassie rips out the throat of Hork-Bajir. Yeah. Is, is that, that's an opening oh, scene, is um, Oh, I think that's 18. The one where she leaves. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's but the that, opening but that scene. is an opening scene, yes, right? Yes, she rips out the right. throat of a hork bajir, and that yeah. is so different from Marco morphing gorilla, scaring a bunch of punks who almost hurt him with a knife. Yeah, and then saving an old man who just like shakily points a gun at him, and nothing happens. Yeah, you know who, what I mean? Who points the gun for comic relief, basically. Yeah, exactly. Right? You're just imagining like this frail person, like with wobbly knees. That's that's so different. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think that's a great point. So that's cool. I'm excited to see that change. Um, oh, so we talked about this a little bit. Um, Marco's description of the characters. Mm-hmm. He describes Rachel as totally insane. And he said he says a few other things about how she loves fighting and is trigger happy or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. think he uses that word, but you get it. Uh, which I thought was interesting this early. Like we're still so close to the beginning of the series and she hasn't really gone through especially at the beginning of this book, she hasn't really gone through the transformation to crazy Rachel. Yeah. But Marco still sees her as crazy Rachel, which I could see as being one of two things. Either, wow, he thinks she's insane now. Just wait until, and maybe she is relative to what he's used to, but Mm -hmm. wait until later in the series when she gets really insane. Or maybe Marco knows Rachel (laughs) and knows this about her even before she begins to express it as the series progresses i i see what you're saying yeah yeah i was also thinking that it could be he's just more candid with his Mm -hmm. his language maybe the other animorphs will realize that rachel has this wilder nature to her but then not come right out and call her totally insane yeah, but I also just think not, that... Not more candid, but, like, more expressive. Right, he's just saying what other people wouldn't say. I think that's probably true, but also, she hasn't really gotten insane yet, you know? No. She told them not to go into Chapman's house in this book. Yeah, and actually last last episode, our close reading, one of the things that we brought up was how she was being not insane. Yeah, she was, like, talking about how much a dolphin weighs and stuff. Yeah, well, she, yeah, she, yeah. But, and I guess in this, in this book, we see her being like, let's charge the Yerks, you know? So maybe, maybe this is like a real change. 
between yeah, the, but, book, the book. Well, I felt like a big transformative moment for her was morphing Ant. Right. Before she morphs Ant, she's like, no, we shouldn't we shouldn't jeopardize Melissa's safety. Like, uh-huh. And then she morphs Ant. She gets out. She starts crushing Ants. Yeah. She's like, yeah, let's charge the year. It's like, let's let's fight let fight to the death. Let's do it. Yeah, that is an interesting reading, and especially because it's not her book. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And sorry, I forgot to even mention the whole reason that that came into my mind as an idea when reading this was because she friggin' attacks Jessica. I think you can curse on the show, by the way. Well, I mean, I don't really curse that much in real life. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. But yeah. But she. She just, like, goes to town on Jessica. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because she's I, so traumatized yeah. by the ants. That's true. So I was like, this is... We're seeing Crazy Rachel now. Before nice. it was smart, you know... Smart, brave Rachel. Yeah. Now it's like... Insanely <sighs> brave. Yeah. Anyway, so that that was yeah. just a thought. I like that we're doing a read-through so that we can consistently track on these character changes as just yeah. saying oh in the beginning she's like this and and she's like this you know what yeah I'm so maybe we should watch to see how she how she changes because that's something that i'm definitely paying more attention to now than mm-hmm. i was the first time i was reading the books anyway we'll see um also oh yeah again we kind of talked about how this changes throughout this book but the like acts as a warrior mm-hmm. act totally changes later, and I didn't even realize how formal he was at the beginning until I reread yeah. this. Yeah, because he's he he doesn't even talk like a kid. Yeah, yes, I I agree, and I think one moment that kind of illustrates that is when he's exhibiting his bravado and then marco's like well how many hork bajir have you ever fought mm-hmm. and then he's kind of deflated um yeah 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 i think that that deflation happens over the course of this books right and then he yeah. deflates and then he's back to normal but right now we're seeing the bravado which isn't there you know later yeah. in 20 books or whatever yeah because it becomes more more human Right, because in this book he just seems very alien. Yeah, he's like he's ET. He's just gonna go home at the end of this. Yeah. He'll just win the thing. He'll yeah. complete the mission and he'll go home. He'll go home, and so he's you an know, alien. The mission right is now. to get him to go home. He'll go home. But in ten books, it's like, oh, he's another kid. He's like a he's, super weird kid. Yeah. Well, yeah. When he morphs human, yeah, he definitely has some integrating to do. Right. I'm not even talking about him becoming more human. I'm just talking about him reading as a young character. Oh, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I know what you're saying. I don't know. I don't think I remember the exact prose of the books. Yeah. Enough I... to say whether whether that's happening, but I'm I'm really interested to see if that will happen. I think and that's I'm... something we can look for. I'm mainly thinking that this will change once we get an axe book. Yeah. Because then it'll be like, oh, I miss my family. I miss my yeah. brother. Which is in three books. They used to tell me what to do. Uncertainty, basically. Which we don't see that much in this book. But maybe that's just, you know, because he hasn't narrated yet. So yeah, it will be interesting to see how that changes. Um, I wanted to talk about... Oh. Oh, yeah. So I have one question. This isn't particularly a spoiler, but I didn't bring it up. 
after that ant scene, Marco says, lots of people think only humans fight wars, that only humans are murderous. So I was wondering, is that a rhetorical device? If so, I really like it and I want to know what it's called, where you have a full stop and then you say the, I don't know, what is it, dependent clause, another dependent clause mm-hmm. has its own ungrammatical sentence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that a rhetorical device? That's not a spoiler. You're right. I um, know. I just neglected to bring it up. And if so, I was, I'm wondering what it's called and if you would know. I guess maybe our, our listeners. Yeah, maybe our listeners can write in. I don't say it like that. They're out there. <laughs> I dare you to write in oh, if you are oh, listening to this no, podcast no, and no. your name is not Andrew, <laughs> or if your name is Andrew, maybe but you're we not need this a Andrew. Z space transponder so we can actually reach some listeners. Wow, that would be such a great segue into my next point. Except we're not done discussing this point yet. Okay, we can um, be done if we don't no, know what it's I, called. I think that it is a device. I don't know if there's a more specific name for that device than just repetition or something, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, it's not like... I know, it's more specific than repetition. Yeah, I know. I mean, and it's not technically repeating a part of the... Not repeating a part of the sentence. Well, it's repeating a pattern. Because the dependent, like, that second sentence follows the same pattern as the end of the first sentence. Yeah. Even though it's not the same word. Um, I... Do not have extensive grammatical training. Although, as a side note, we can cut this out. But I did skip through the the material that we learned in seventh grade for grammar because I already knew it all. Oh. So they just gave me the like. That was your undoing. They put me in the like advanced. No, it's because I yeah I passed Ooh. their placement test, but I only passed it because I was guessing. So then I just never learned real grammar. Oh, anyway, smarty pants over here. Well, you know, fake it till you make it. That's right. I was also 12, <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> what that means. But okay. I mean, Marco clearly knows and utilizes this rhetorical device, and he's 12. Um. Okay, sorry, we've... So say that thing you said again about the Z-space transponder so that I can segue. Okay, yes. If only we had a Z-space transponder to actually reach our listeners. Speaking of which, Z-space. So Ooh. we were talking about... Um, I think the reason I noted that I want to talk about this was because we were talking about morphing and mm-hmm. that whole uh, theory of morphing. Shall we call it Andrew's theory of morphing? Sure, yeah. Where... I mean, maybe the theory of morphing. Do you want them to the know your last line? name? Oh, fuck. Maybe oh, we'll bleep that out, All right, We can't tell them our last names. Well, we're not Anamorphs. We're Yerks. We can do whatever we want. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> say what you're gonna say okay so in andrew's theory of morphing um how is this not your theory too it's obviously correct but sorry go ahead i'm gonna get into that in a second all right in andrew's theory of morphing um when you acquire an animal um you have a totipotent stem cell belonging to that animal in your i guess your blood and then tell me if i'm understanding this correctly the process of morphing that animal involves that stem cell dividing and then phagocytosing 
the the other cells in in your body so like if i'm yeah. morphing a dog like the dog eating. stem cell is is eating yeah the human cells so the human cells end up kind of becoming part of the dog that i morph is mm-hmm. that right well andrew of the andrew's theory of morphing fame of the andrew's theory of morphing <laughs> fame <laughs> um i thought that when you morph all of your mass goes into Z space. Just your extra mass. Just the extra mass. Yeah. And then when you morph something really big, where does that extra mass come from? Z space. Although that's not canonical, but that's that's part of my theory of morphing. But the fact that your extra mass goes to Z space is canonical. Okay, so you just kind of take out a loan of atoms from z space yeah. to compile the appropriate yeah compounds to form a large body yep okay and then it just works like that z okay space. okay all right are you down right. are you do you believe in i guess Andrew that's fine i wish i would knew more physics to Don't you know, know. <laughs> what's the word to uh theorize my theory no to theorize how the oh how how... transfer between z space and our space happens of i guess does it happen on the atom level on the molecule level on the subatomic Subatomic particle particle level i don't know see here we are going on a scientific tangent maybe the atom level because i just although maybe it's just it's just kind of magical maybe it's quarks quarks yeah quarks. Who, who even knows well we i guess are out of our depth that's here. the thing is like I any bet... listener who actually knows about quarks we're well, sorry this is the beauty of it though like i bet axe doesn't know yeah you know which is why there's just no explanation of it in the books because they're yeah. like this is just how it works i don't really know exactly well, he knows how. he knows more than they do but right he just has like the pop science understanding of it but you know what i mean right yeah. like he's the equivalent of 13 or whatever yeah and he's like, well, I learned that it happens this way, but I don't know. He doesn't know the math. Yeah. And that's and that makes sense that he wouldn't know the math. Like if Kay Applegate explained to us exactly how every particle was transferred in between Z space and R space, that wouldn't be realistic for those characters. Yeah. Plus the morphing technology is like cutting edge technology, you know? Right, exactly. Like probably not even your grown up Andalites could explain like how it works just like like how i can explain how a i don't know a microphone works yeah in great enough detail to for someone to do a podcast or i could say like (laughs) oh well my smartphone has a touch screen it has to do with electricity from your fingers that's all i know i i highlighted them going to radio shack and axe is all smart oh maybe that was just to talk about the z space thing yeah oh did you want to Talk about how, I mean, I guess this could be another thing that we keep an eye on, but did you want to talk about the explanation of Z-Space on this book versus the explanation of Z-Space in other books? I don't think they really get into Z-Space that much in this book, compared I to mean, other books. But they still give like a broad, a broad strokes description, mm-hmm. you know. Later they go into like, oh, it's the tip of the cone, you know what I'm saying? The point of the cone. But here they're just like, oh, it's anti-reality, which seems like 
not zero space. Yeah, know? I know. Doesn't seems that like seem negative space. not right? Yeah. It says, you know, the opposite of true space doesn't seem like zero space. That seems like... Negative space. Like minus space. Yeah. But, you know, what, do, what and heck also, do I know? Yeah, the tip My of a cone seemed like a zero concept. Yeah. But if... But it, the opposite of a cone no would be idea. like a negative cone. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Maybe she just changed her mind. That's what I'm thinking. It's like, yeah, I think she's like, oh, it's going to be this like, magical no, thing. No, forget that. It's actually this other thing. Yeah. I'll just describe it kind of vaguely enough that I can do what I want with it later. Well, no, and that's the beauty. She's like, I'll have them all be kids, so I don't need to actually get into the science. Yeah. But then, then they're doing all this crazy shit. Um, I made a note to talk about self. Oh, yeah. Oh, with the hive did we mind. Wanna, did we want to do this? We can also not do this. Um, I mean, all I was trying to say when we were talking about the ant thing was mm-hmm. I did not find the narrative as gripping mm-hmm. as I did the first time I read it. Yeah. And I understand on an intellectual level that they were saying, oh, it was so scary that they didn't have a self. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't, like, feeling it as much as I did the first time. Yeah. I mean, also, I think I mentioned this, but on some level, you can't feel it, right? Well, so when you I... you can't feel what it's like to be dead, or... Feeling the fear, though, is what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. The first time I read this, I was freaking out. Uh-huh. I was like, shit, they're, like... Did ah. you read it at night? I don't know. I read all, I read all these books so fast. I know. But um No, but I remember reading it and being and being like, "Oh my god, this is just their life now. How are they going to get out of this?" Oh my god. And then this time I was like, "Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. This doesn't seem like it's that dangerous for them." You know. Until <laughs> yeah, the fight the fight's dangerous. Determined... Yeah. But they were freaked out before the fight, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that was all. I don't think we need to get into the whole, like, we're going to have a lot of opportunities to talk about free will and individualism. Yeah. In this series. Exactly. Yep. So we can probably just leave it. But okay. more to come. More to come. Keep yeah. an eye out. Um. I'll brush up on my Buddhist philosophy. Oh, right. Because you wanted to, well, did, did you have any Buddhist No, no, no. I'm insight? not going to. I need to brush up. I need okay. To brush all up. right. That's fine. Um. Oh. Okay, I really wanted to say this at the time, but I didn't. Do you remember when they're arguing over who could beat who as they're waiting for the... Yeah. So they're in the gravel yeah, quarry. Yeah, they're in the quarry. And they're like, oh, I'll run away so fast because I'm a wolf. You couldn't beat me. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> Sure, Cassie. Yep, that's what matters. Does that not remind you of David? I was I like, I mean, just ah! like that earlier scene where we were like... I think it was, was like in book one where like... Jake is narrating about how the tiger is actually king of the jungle or something like that. When he first acquires the tiger, there is some mention of a lion. Oh, is it like people think the lion's the king of the jungle, but actually something it's like a tiger? That. Something like that. Yeah. Or like or like I thought the lion was the, the king of the jungle, but don't tell the tiger that or something some I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, Apple gets I don't have like, the text in front of me. I'm, I'm totally going to make a lion and tiger fight. How can you write a series awesome. about animals and not have that happen, though? Yeah. Lions but and tigers But it's and so different because when David is talking about, like, who do you think would win? A lion or a tiger? It's so, it's so like, menacing. Why are you asking? He's, like... No he's, reason. He's so manipulative, you know? He's yeah. like, oh, I was just... 
I'm just asking. Oh, David. I was just wondering. What David. do you think? I think the lion would win. And you're like, is that how you're gonna voice him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to voice him like um, Draco Malfoy in um in Have you seen that Harry Potter musical? Uh, no. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'll show you. This I... keeps becoming a Harry Potter podcast. Well, you know, like this is not a crossover well, it's, it's series. Not, it's not like an authorized. Like it's not. I would say it's loosely inspired by Harry Potter, but it's, right. it's an you know, unauthorized you know parody. Saying. Yeah. Anyway, I'll just... show you later. Um, but I do, I do kind of want to voice David like a, uh, I don't know, a mama's boy, I guess. Which is kind of sad because his parents were, whatever. It's fine. Whatever. Um. Anyway. Oh, what else? Ma. Wow. Hold on. More can't read what i wrote morphing something oh yep morphing cells oh morphing cells okay back to andrew's theory of morphing all right morphing a single celled organism oh yeah i guess i just wanted to know what would happen to the other cells but you're saying they would go to z space okay never mind that makes sense okay okay cool they never push this thing to its limits so yeah, they never try to morph. Like, they morph really small. Okay, that's fine. I think that was my question. Anyway, uh, those were kind of all my thoughts. Okay. I think this is a shorter... Well, that's good, because we spent two hours recording. We are the... trapped as podcast oh. hosts. I was also... Th- <laughs> I was, al- <laughs> I was al- Now we're podcast hosts forever. Oh, no! <laughs> we should terrible. have demorphed. Um, I was also thinking... You know how I say the spoilers in like a really yep, deep voice? I know. What if I said the spoilers on <laughs> in a really high pitched voice? It might be time to And welcome to the spoiler free section. You've been listening to the Sulpniar Pool. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, wait, do we normally do anything else before the end? Uh not really. We say goodbye. We we tell them where they can they Well, can did you want to talk about books as a whole or the book as a whole? Or oh, the book as a whole. Um, I felt like we captured a lot of things I wanted to say about the book. Okay. In our Oh yeah, we said it at the end of last section actually. Oh, I guess so I kinda wanted to talk about this. Um, when you first started reading the books, to me, Marco's narration is much different than any of the other animorphs. Mm -hmm. All the other animorphs feel like similar Mm -hmm. in comparison when they're narrating. So I was wondering what your reaction to it was. Because he's funny, you know? Like, I read the books and I laugh. Yeah, he is funny. I definitely felt like with all of the characters, except Rachel, especially at the beginning of the series, whenever I read a new book, I was like, oh my god, this is me. That, like, I totally relate to all... Not Rachel, but everybody else. (laughs) Um, So... Actually, no, not Jake either, but Cassie, Tobias, and Marco. Uh-huh. Um, Jake is too, like, normal. And but you're, I don't know. You don't but I'm so to normal. That? Yeah, well, it's funny, because probably in real life, I'm probably... Well, in real life, you know, it's obvious who you are, but... Wait, who are you saying? Uh, who do you think I'm saying? No, who are you saying? I think you're Cassie. Yeah, personality-wise. But in terms of, like, my, like, I get good grades, like Rachel... 
I'm pretty nondescript, like Jake. <laughs> so I, I was thinking, like, on paper, I see. I I'm see. pretty similar to Rachel and Jake, but I identify very strongly with Cassie, Tobias, and Marco. Okay. But I think that's mostly because, you know, we all identify with the, the underdogs. So what happened with me as I was reading the first few books is I would like, so I like read Jake. I was like, okay. I read Rachel. I was like, Meh. in terms of narrative style. I read number three, Tobias. Tobias. And I was like, oh my gosh, Tobias is so great. I love him. It's amazing. He's my hero. Yeah. Then I read four and I was like, no, just kidding. Cassie's obviously me. I love her. Mm-hmm. Then I read five and I was like, no, wait, Marco's actually me. It's great. Yeah. Because, well, I don't know, because I feel like I also sarcastically narrate things to myself in my head sometimes. But that's also just possibly a characteristic of me because I like everything. But um, I did agree that Marco was like, in terms of tone, was very different from everybody else. Because it was more the content of the other people's narration that mm-hmm. I felt like I identified with. But with Marco, it was the, the tone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is how I talk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not that I'm as funny not that as him. You, I mean, not how you talk. It's how you internally monologue. My thoughts with myself do not sound like, I can't tell you my last name. Everything is so difficult. Oh, I love animals. Oh, I wish I could just make this person feel better. You know? It's not that dramatic. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And that was the main thing I appreciated about Marco, even mm. more than his humor, was like the tone. Yeah. That's one of the things which makes me look forward to Marco books. Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah. we're not going to get any crap. I know. It, well, if it is still... crap, it's, it's good crap. And he can still narrate dramatic moments. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. even lose anything That's by true. having him. You just have like an awesome, relatable fun narrator mm-hmm. are there any sense? drawbacks to this does he get in the way at all do you think having like a well sometimes i feel like i guess the only the things that are coming to mind are like this you might disagree with me but sometimes i feel like his oh, jokes so ready to are, disagree with you. are more than i need yeah so like sometimes i'll read his jokes and be like all right that was that was okay <laughs> Um, and not then, everyone has 100% knee slappers all the time. Right. So it's, so like, got some that, that's all obviously going to be part of it. And then also, I guess there are some times where, you know how the Animorphs has a lot of monologues in it about just yes. random shit, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> I, I know that sometimes in Marco's monologues, I'm like, are we really doing a monologue right now? Whereas in Jake's monologues, I'm like, oh, this makes sense because Jake gets like this. Yeah, well, you know, just like Marco, you know how Jake gets. Right. He's probably all stony-faced. So I think, like, really the only drawback that's coming to mind for me is that it can make it feel a little bit disjointed when he gets into the more kind of let-me-take-myself-serious moments. Mm -hmm. I don't think that always happens. Like... Possibly my favorite part of the whole series is the book where he says I love you right before like attacking right, yeah. Visceral One. And that's a super serious moment and he's thinking about it the whole time and I and it was like so intense and I did not feel distracted at all by that. I wasn't like, Where's mm. normal humorous Marco? Um but Didn't you just crack wise and shove yeah. her off the cliff? <laughs> yeah. But 
So I don't think it always happens, but I think there are some moments where he goes into a serious monologue and you're like, that doesn't feel quite right for mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that was that was what I wanted to discuss, I guess. I wanted to get your perspective. Yeah. About that. Um, okay. Well, Are we I think we're we're done. This is gonna be a long one to edit. I know, I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, I we mean, just, it, there's it's so much to say. Both of our fault. Yeah. Alright, so you can contact us at sulpniarpool at gmail.com. That's S U L P N I A R pool at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website, sulpniarpool.com. We also have a Facebook page, sulpniarpool. And you can tweet at us also through at sulpniarpool. Uh, you can find our Tumblr and Reddit information on the website as well. And um, we also curate a Spotify playlist with all the songs that we've mentioned on the show so far, which has just grown by two. So there you go. I'm Diana. I, I, was, I was Andrew. I've been Diana. So long for now. And until next time, may you what? enjoy all the Cinnabons that your heart desires. I can find that. Cap, cap, cap. Tobias is white. Tobias is a hawk, was my thought. But yeah, you you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> the ultimate minority. They're they're like the. <laughs>